Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Shortcut Podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Code Podcast. I'm Dave Etler, meandering in the margins of medicine with hashtag nasty women, Rachel Schenkel. <laughs> Hello. Irisa Mahapan. Yep. <laughs> uh, Corbin Weaver. Hey. And nasty man, John Pianta. Nasty man. <laughs> hashtag nasty man. Uh, Halloween is around the corner. And uh, this is just in time for us to bring you episode 150. 150! Mm. This is exciting. This has been a longer term commitment for me than most other things I've done. Dave, that's not what they meant when they said you were committed. Uh, Well, (laughs) I was going to say like therapy, diet and exercise. I've done this way longer than anything else I've tried, uh, except maybe for marriage. So, and a lot more fun too. So for Halloween, what are we dressing up for Halloween people? Mm, I haven't decided yet. Oh, I'm going as a bag, and one of my friends going as a cat, so who let the cat out of the bag? Nice. Mm-hmm. John? Well, I haven't decided for myself, but I think I might want to I wanna go as Mr. Clean. Mm. Uh, that would work. <laughs> That's really easy. But my kids are going. My daughter's going as a peacock. Does, Ooh, uh, that's cute. And Mr. my son is going as a train engineer. Nice. Did he pick out his costume? He did. Okay, sweet. My daughter did not because she's six months old. Yeah, she's got no say. So this you, is the point where you can dress them up as anything you want. And- so if you ever are having a really bad day, just go on Amazon.com and look at baby costumes. Mm-hmm. Baby peacock costumes. Yeah, because you can see all of these adorable. And it's just amazing. You know it was like a miracle that they got any of these children filmed happily in any of these costumes. Are you going to bring them around for the trick-or-treating thing? I hope so. Awesome. Yeah, as Rachel implied, there's a thing where the med students with children bring their kids around. For some reason, they never make it to the writing program. I don't know why, but I like prepare. I got some candy, you know, and they never come. So, John, you're in charge of... Okay, I can can funnel them this way. Yeah, making that happen. Last year, my son went as a bonsai tree. (laughs) And um, see, I didn't see it. He got a he got a hold of a Reese's peanut butter cup. Mm-hmm. Now you know those things; they're sealed in foil, the little mini ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Did so he? it's not totally sealed, right? <laughs> so I have a series of pictures, and it's like in the beginning, he's holding this peanut butter cup, and then the pictures like thirty minutes later, he's just smeared in chocolate because <laughs> he melted it in his hot little hand, and then once he squeezed it, it got all over his hand and of course he's like what is this let me put it in my mouth long story short four days later he pooped out a wrapper no no no, no. i mean he we took it from him but he was covered in chocolate it was nice. pretty hilarious i'm looking forward to that uh speaking of halloween it's actually pretty common from what i've read for doctors and nurses and healthcare administrators to believe that a full moon causes problems in the er uh, i read a wall street journal article this week about it because, you know, it's Halloween, so we got to make some make up some news to put in the Wall Street mm. Journal. This is hard-hitting, you know, financial news. But anyway, it's weird because you guys are supposed to be science-y. When I was in NA, I was specifically trained that it was worse during full moons. And they also told us that 
when patients died that we were supposed to open the windows to let their souls out of the room. <laughs> okay. Oh. And then like right after they told us that, they're like, but the windows in the university don't open. So we don't know what you're supposed to do for that. <laughs> that was it. That was like, you're supposed to break the window. Um, no, you were trained in 1857. Yes. <laughs> it's important to realize that Rachel is actually a vampire. Yeah. Well, those beards are back in style. Wow, okay. I would like to say, um, quote the great Michael Scott, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. (laughs) (laughs) I would say sometimes it's just better not to tempt fate. Yeah. I don't personally partake, but I do respect other people's partaken of these superstitions. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Partook. They're parcheesy. Well done. Um, You know, so like I don't go onto someone's unit or their floor and be like, you know, it's really quiet around here. (laughs) (laughs) But I also don't. Yeah. Back in Thailand, actually, every month in the south of Thailand, all of a sudden, every full moon, the ERs just fill up with people and a lot of people die. But that's what? But. Every full moon. It could also be that we host a full moon party every month and people die of drug overdoses there because that's what they're doing. But, you know. uh, so, but I like to say it's a full moon. So we got all this from Thailand. That was filtered over <laughs> from Thailand and we're, we're just appropriating your uh, superstition. No, I'm kidding. It's because like there's, you know, there's in the south of Thailand, there's a, where a lot of people go to party and do drugs. Every full moon, they have this massive rave on the beach. Really? Yeah, and that's why every full moon the ERs fill up because of the raving. I love it. So it's not so much because of the moon. Yeah, that, that's that's not good. Chill out, Thailand. Hey, it's not us that's doing it. It's all the tourists. I know. Uh, ah, and, and then they the, can't handle real drugs. <laughs> all of our stuff in America has been cut. And, so, so, so <laughs> yeah, but it, you know that. <laughs> but it's weird. No comment. Because we believe in this enough, apparently, that we actually add staff to the ERs during full moons. Not every hospital, I'm sure, but there are hospitals out there that add staff, which costs money, all based on something that research has not demonstrated is a true thing. So, In fact, research has demonstrated it is not a true thing. Right. I uh, would say that, you know, regardless of whether you're a scientist or not, you are first a human, and we're all like prone to hindsight bias and all of those things, and so when we have a particularly crazy night and you're just like, man, what was up with that? You're going to like grasp, you know, figure mm-hmm. out what it was and if it's the full moon, it's the full moon. Yeah. So, you know, you add staff and then the night goes normally or, you know, is dead or whatever. Then some staffers apparently say it's because the staff that were brought in were white cloud doctors. I'd not heard this term before. White cloud oh, yeah. doctors who, uh, you know, just they just bring good luck. Those particular people mm-hmm. who were brought in as opposed to the black clouds who, uh, when they're working, will bring with them bad luck and problems. So here's an example. I'm apparently sometimes a white cloud and sometimes a black cloud. (laughs) So you're a perfectly normal human being. (laughs) Exactly. However, sometimes it will seem weird. Like, I'll get enough where I'm like, man, this feels like it's not a coincidence. Yeah. I generally remind myself that it's probably a coincidence, but... (laughs) You know, it's all about rolling the dice. If you roll the dice a bunch of times, you're going to get some weird, yeah. you know, numbers pop up. John, were you a white cloud this morning when I ran into you in the hallway of the hospital? Uh, that was a white cloud moment. <laughs> so I, I went to get some breakfast this morning at the hospital because I like their omelets. They are good. They are good omelets. And cheap. Yeah. So I'm walking down the hallway and I see uh, John there with another medical student and a third young lady just sitting on the floor in the main hallway. And, you know, I walked up to them and I was like, hey, med students, what are you, homeless? <laughs> and uh, they were like, ha, 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 ha. And then, so I walked off and got my, you know, 
got my breakfast and I sat down. John came up to me later as I was eating and and he says, yeah, that, that third girl who was there, she had just fainted in the hallway and we were, you know, helping her out. I'm like, oh, wow. damn it, Dave. <laughs> you're go such, you. You're such a dope. You're a jerk. <laughs> I, so I, I actually told Dave this and, uh, at the time and like right when he said that and when he left, I sort of used that as proof that like the way that I decided to just sit down next to her made it look like you know, something that wasn't like embarrassing is going on. Cause she was very embarrassed like this. I don't know what it is. It might be part of the physiology of like coming back from fainting that you feel that way. Like, so I donated blood for the first time yesterday. Mm-hmm. I got almost a whole unit out in like three minutes. <laughs> and so naturally that's a lot of bleeding. And I was dehydrated a little, probably a little dehydrated and I think I had forgotten that I hadn't eaten breakfast. <laughs> so um, this didn't end well. <laughs> and they like leaned me back and I was quite distressed. But I also felt really embarrassed and I was apologizing and they, they were apologizing. You know, they're like, oh, we're sorry. And I said, no, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I want to actually donate blood. I want to donate a usable, you know, a usable uh, unit here. Quantity of blood, right. But I also learned a valuable lesson. It's distressing feeling and also like you you feel uncomfortable, but also we're social creatures. And like one of the nurses that stopped to talk to us, she said, you know, do you want me to call a rapid response team? What's a rapid response team? So a rapid response team is like most of, if not all of the people that come to a cardiac arrest, like a code. Mm -hmm. So when you page them, like 30 people are going to show up. I'm exaggerating. (laughs) It's not at all. It's a lot of people. They're They're going to show up with like heart rate monitors and all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's going to be a big scene, you know? And here is this young woman who, you know, just having a tough week and then on top of that, you know, went to the doctor and then afterwards she didn't feel so good and she didn't even like fall over. She just stumbled and kind of caught herself in a lunge mm. before she hit the okay. ground. That's good. So just lost like a little bit, mm. uh, just lost perfusion for a, just a little bit of time. So the last thing I wanted to do was like embarrass this young woman. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it's embarrassing. Like I have fallen down publicly many times. <laughs> it's just what I do. Um <laughs> In front of large groups of people and things like that. I just think it's embarrassing. Yeah. I would say that also, I mean, speaking from an expert in fainting, I feel like I've yeah, we've qualified heard about your myself fainting. as an expert in fainting at this point. Yeah. It is, it's one, disorienting, and two, yeah, like a little embarrassing, especially if you are in the medical field and you're just like, you're supposed to be tougher than that. Like one time I fainted in um, the cafeteria, in the OR cafeteria, and so I fainted in front of a bunch of OR nurses oh. who were so kind to me about it, but it was so embarrassing because I'm like... You guys are OR nurses and like you see grizzly stuff every day. And I mean, I do too, just, actually, but like <laughs> it's still like so embarrassing. And also, yeah, you're just you were like just looking at the mac and cheese. I mean, yeah, I was just looking at a mac and cheese thinking about how hungry I was. And then I fainted. And yeah, so it's very disorienting, but it's also embarrassing. So, yeah, the big scene is what I think also is you want to avoid. You're like, especially as a, I don't know, maybe it's a Midwestern thing of like, don't worry about me. Like, I don't want to see. My grandma just had a heart attack and she like had to call 911 and she asked them not to turn the sirens and lights on. <laughs> oh my God. And she's like, because she didn't want to make a big scene about it. You know, like we don't need to have a scene about my heart attack and getting rushed to the hospital. 
Yes, we do. Grandmas are awesome. Grandmas are awesome. Is she all right? Is yeah, she okay? is fine. She's yeah. she has a very interesting cardiac history. She had uh, rheumatic fever three times as a child. Is this a HIPAA violation? No, because it's my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, guys, that's that's right in the legal language. Yeah. You know, one day I, grandmas are exempt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know this because I took care of her. I know this because she's my grandma. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a personal story. People think that they can apply HIPAA to everything. You can't. <laughs> well, that was it was just a little interesting thing that happened this morning. I was glad to be able to uh, run into you guys. That, that woman couldn't have been any younger than you guys, but. Um, Anyway, I'm probably going to cut out this entire thing that I just said. <laughs> you it, have that power, Dave. I do have that power. <laughs> In medicine, there are horses and zebras, right? Horses are the things that doctors see every day. Uh, things like, uh, I don't know, hypertension, abdominal pain, broken bones, things like that, right? Uh, but zebras are the ones that cause trouble. The Marburg Center for Undiagnosed and Rare Diseases is going to be using IBM's Watson to help out with their 6,000-person backlog. Oh. Of people waiting for diagnoses of their strange and rare conditions, which I think is the perfect use of of AI for for doctors. Everybody's worried about, you know, like, oh, we're not going to be there are going to be no doctors anymore. It'll just be Watson. This is the perfect use for Watson. That's really cool. Is it like actually Watson, like the same program that did the Jeopardy thing? Yeah. So to test the idea, they uh, took records of 500 past patients and coded them so Watson could take a look. And then they took a bunch of random samples, random sample cases, and asked Watson to make differential diagnoses. And it turns out that Watson's top diagnoses for each patient matched what the doctors had found for those patients. But the more important thing, so you're like, okay, well, Watson can do as well as doctors. You know, big deal. The more important thing, though, is that they did it in seconds. Mm. So now, the idea now is that patients who come to this Marburg Center for Undiagnosed and Rare Diseases will basically fill out an exhaustive form um, that asks them everything that could possibly be relevant to their condition. And using past records and millions of pages of peer-reviewed rare disease literature, they'll be able to, like, in theory, spit out a differential for each patient. And hopefully just, you know, sort of get rid of that backlog of patients. And then the other possible side effect is that it will find... So when Watson is actually stumped, that's an area that we might be interested in focusing some research money and time and all that kind of stuff on. That's awesome. I think that's pretty cool. It is cool. I think it works as long as it's just for like, I didn't read the whole article. I have to like confess I didn't read the whole article. Don't of like, ever say that on this show. <laughs> I know. Pretend. <laughs> of, um, you know, when they found out doctors are better at diagnosing than Google, which, you know, whew, sigh of relief. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I think it only works when you're like creating a differential because if you're actually trying to like diagnose someone, I think a computer would be hard. And just for the simple fact of like when I ask someone, for instance, do you feel fatigue? The response I get could be either like, oh, man, I'm tired all the time or, oh, yeah, sure. And that means two different things, you know, to me, like that tells me two different things as opposed to like if you enter into a computer system, do you have fatigue? Check yes. You know, Mm. I think the other thing. That's probably true. Wasn't mentioned in the article, but what's probably true is that these people have been through the sort of diagnostic gauntlet at this point. Like they have probably seen, and if they've got a rare or undiagnosed condition, they've probably seen a bunch of doctors already. And so have a really good idea of their symptoms. And, you know, just they've been through it before, you know, like they're well-practiced patients. Mm-hmm. 
which should lead to a better description of what they're experiencing and also, you know, just they know, you know, what's going on with them. Unlike other patients who are like, I don't know, I guess I'm kind of sometimes I'm tired. You know, <laughs> kind of get a headache mm-hmm. once in a while. Do you get headaches? That's my favorite one. Do you get headaches? Oh, yeah. How often? <laughs> oh, like once a month. <laughs> I take ibuprofen. <laughs> I shouldn't be asking that question. So that's nice. Here's something scary. A Rutgers study has found that med school faculty severely underestimate the stress that medical students experience. <laughs> Shock- shocking. Not surprised. Shocking. <laughs> Believe that. This is from a survey of, of an unnamed academic medical center. Had anybody care to hazard a guess as to which medical center it was? <laughs> I'm thinking Rutgers. Don't you think? <laughs> like, the study was from Rutgers. Mm-hmm. They may be affiliated with more than one hospital. Yeah. And therefore, it could be one of the two. We'll just assume say. somewhere in New Jersey. Yeah. It can't be that many medical schools there, right? Well, I don't know. That would have been something that a smart host would have looked up for the show. <laughs> uh, so we don't know for sure where the study took place. Maybe it's not relevant. Um, basically, they asked about personal experiences, seeking help, and perceptions of the mental health of medical students. 176 students responded. 36 faculty also responded. 40% of students felt that up to 40% of their classmates had had or once had mental health problems. In the meantime, 61% of faculty felt that 0 to 20% of their students had mental health problems. So, okay. Yep. This, even though 74% of faculty reported talking to students about mental health issues after students came to them or they noticed something in a student that warranted them you know, sort of following up. Yeah. Well, I don't think that any of us are going to go bear our soul and our life story to like a professor. We'd rather, I think we'd rather much talk to our friends about this kind of thing. You get much more one-on-one mm-hmm. when you're in a peer group than you do when it's like with your professor or faculty member. Yeah. And if you just hang out with your friends, like you can, there's so many signs that you can pick up on that are not going to be evident in just like a lecture situation or an office hour situation. So are you saying that it's just less likely for them to notice yeah. the problem, and so that's why the numbers are so low? I do think that, obviously, there are attendings that do care. I mean, it's a little different, too, when you're out on, like, the wards or whatever. Even then, you don't have a ton of FaceTime with the attendings. Usually, it's your residents. But, you know, it's. I honestly think most of the time, the med students' mental health is, like, the last thing on the attendings list to think about. Yeah, they've got you know, like, actual patients and things and to I'm teach not, like, and all that kind of stuff. Right, yeah, I'm not excusing it or anything, but I think probably it, it comes from that as well. Like, I do think a lot of people care about teaching, but they don't really think about it. And it's evident that they don't realize how much stress medical students are under when they do things like, hey, you want to do a presentation on this? Look it up tonight. And you're like, oh, great. I don't have a thousand other yeah. things to do besides look up this random article you want me to read now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your test is this Friday? Well, Wednesday, we want you to give a presentation. And it's Tuesday and afternoon. it's Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, thank you. Okay. Perfect. I, yeah. So I, the first thing is I think this is, I think this is talking about in the clinical world because I don't think like your lecture professor is going to have the kind of interaction or exposure that would give them anything more than really a guess there. Sure. Mm, that's fair. Well, I mean, there are, there are things that professors do watch for, like, you know, uh, a pattern of, you know, slipping grades or, 
or yeah. on, on exams or, you know, just um, maybe even, you know, not turning in assignments or I don't know. Yeah, touche. I think that's a great point. Um, I, I did want to, and I don't want to minimize the findings, but it seems like there's a couple of obvious problems with the study itself as I read it, which is it seems to be at one academic medical center. Yeah, so these can be culturally dependent. <laughs> right. Because even within here, you know, there are people I've come to personally with my own troubles and difficult situations that I've been, you know, mentors and, and people on the faculty, even people that I've been working with that I didn't necessarily like much live up to, you know, ended up talking to them about what was going on and how things were going just because I thought I ought to. Mm. And, and I thought they might be able to help. Um, and it, even within, you know, from service to service, from department to department throughout the university, it varies widely. I mean, I had one person who I told them in private over email, you know, I was having a lot of anxiety and I didn't want to like basically tell them, you know, I don't appreciate you interrupting me all the time when I'm not presenting adequately to you. And my eval from this individual said, you know, John, John's performance was mediocre at, or average at best. And it doesn't get better from there. <laughs> and this was the kind of person that uses the strengths section to use what John did a good job of this, but it shows this flaw. And then the, oh, there's a whole uh, paragraph about how you did something wrong, you know, or whatever. I am familiar with those evaluations, those annoying evaluations. And, uh, and so this, this phrase basically, you know, he, he used, uh, while we allow for some anxiety while students are rounding, you know, we expect that students will be engaged and, you know, yeah. ask us for follow up and stuff like that. And here I am thinking, man, this person has really lo like lost track of what doing what they did, what impact that has on people. They have no context for it, because if you think about it, what does someone telling you they're anxious mean? It means when you interrupt me repeatedly with unsolicited feedback and yell at me in front of 10 people literally yelling at me and I don't come fawning after you for how to do better you should not be surprised you should not think that that says anything you know and this individual then claims John has no interest in our field and it's like that's not true I, I'm actually very interested in your field but I'm definitely not interested in that <laughs> so I, I think there can be a very big disconnect but I think it's very interpersonally different and it's very culturally different from service to service and from department to department and school to school I mean yeah you know you've you've got schools that just I mean schools do things differently also, I think maybe there's a sample size problem here. I mean, I don't know technically what a good sample size is, but my feeling is just with 176 students and 36 faculty, that's not, <laughs> it's not a huge number. Like, it seems to me like this is good stuff, and it would be great if there was a follow-up study that was like, okay, now that we've you know gathered this, let's, let's take it national. Let's see what... Mm -hmm. is, you know, really going on out there in other medical centers and not just, you know, big city medical centers, you know, just that, like everywhere, if possible. I'm sure that's possible. Well, it certainly would be nice. Yeah. Well, Rachel et al., you guys are doing something about uh, burnout and things of this <laughs> nature, right? We are, yes. 
not for very long so far. We're just getting started, but we started something called the Burnout Club, which we heard about the, about the concept at the Examined Life Conference just a few weeks ago. And basically it's like a student-driven like writer's workshop type thing uh, where we kind of just get together and not necessarily with writing, but with like anything with like a creative humanities sort of thing. We get together and we like talk about what we've made for the week. And yeah, we just had our second meeting a few hours ago. So you guys, well. so let me get this straight. First of all, I thought this predated the, the conference, but this came out of the conference? Oh. Yes, actually. It I, was. Feel like I, I feel like I actually contributed to something. That's nice. <laughs> I, I ran the conference. Yep. <laughs> Alice, Alice Yee and I, we went to one of the lectures and it was like mentioned in passing. Was this like the, which one um, did you go to? I think it was the Bud Shaw. So oh, like, okay. He like mentioned like a burnout club in passing oh, and we're like, that like, sounds oh, cool. We want one. Bingo. And so we made one and yeah. So you, you get together, you do arts and crafts or whatever. We're just we're just getting off the ground. So far, we kind of write our own things on our own time, like in the week leading up to this, and then kind of get together and read them out loud to each other, uh -huh. and then like all comment and be like, "Here's where you could go for next week with that," or "I really like this part," or yeah. Did you get a good crowd for your first what two meetings? So we wanted Alice and I wanted to make sure we could actually sustain this ourselves first before like being like, hey, everybody, we're starting. Yeah, right. <laughs> we don't want to like be like, oh, we don't want to do this at all anymore. Like a month from now. Yeah. Um, but we had like like seven or eight people, I think six or seven, eight people show up the first time, and we just had um, five or six, six, six. Um, oh, six. you're involved too. Oh. Yes. I? Oh. yes. I made muffins. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is your creative yeah, outlet. We sit, yeah. sit around in a circle and like drink tea and like read each other's things and talk about them. Do you, so, so did you think about like offering advice on how to, how to do this stuff or was it just like, Hey, let's get together and talk. Like, did you structure it at all or did you just do open-ended kind of let's get together and talk? We kind of wanted to like structure it as little as possible mm. just because we don't know like entirely where this could go yet. And we're yeah. kind of curious to see what all could come out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And cool. we didn't really know where to go in terms of like rules either. Like, like we wanted to be open to things. So. Okay. Cool. Cause there's a lot you can do, uh, I think on a, like a, an even, even on a, I'm going to be creative for 10 minutes kind of, kind of basis like I'm just gonna write for 10 minutes I'm not gonna put a lot of pressure on myself I'm just gonna put stuff down on the paper and and X and I don't know how many yeah people have been doing like a, quite a wide variety of things so far we've had like a few different poems um Alice was writing for one of the essay content or the contests mm -hmm. um kind of workshopping it you've read like letters Arisa made muffins Arisa made, made muffins. muffins that was great yeah I also brought one of my old stories to share but then like it turns out that whoops Someone else had already read it before. I'm like, no, oh, sure, you know me? How cool is that? <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. No, Arisa writes fan fiction. She has <laughs> one of the fan fiction things to share. And one of the girls had already read yeah. it, like, just online. Like, cool. Going, yeah, like, <laughs> it's like, wait, you're a derpy McButtface pooper? Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Oh. Yeah. I was like, oh, shoot, I've been outed. Fan fiction was my introduction to the internet back in the 90s. Cause Fantastic. Oh my God, yeah. Um, X-Files. Like, like Star Trek. and. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You're my kin. Yeah. So very it reminded me of that from something I haven't thought of in years. But unlike the news groups, 
I don't know, you young kids, you don't probably don't know about news groups. But, oh, please. <laughs> but I think they're still they're still out there. You could go find news groups. I'm, I'm, Did you write anything? No, no, I just consumed. You know, I just okay. read. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, so I think I think the thing is the news groups back then were like, you know, Kindle books now, but not the expensive like Kindle books from people like Stephen King or, you know, all the big writers, but like the the people who charge like zero to five dollars yeah. are 99 cent publishers. right right i love those i love those guys mm-hmm. uh not least because i don't have to spend like 15 dollars on a book that i'm going to finish in roughly four days mm-hmm. i don't pay for any books anymore at all i use the library or illegally download them and that's it <gasps> or illegally download them or legally well, download? Like, it depends on if they're published or not like a fan fiction is just like all free mm-hmm. sure. but if it's like a like actual published book then i have to make a decision of like well okay the library doesn't have it i can either like request it from the library and wait until they get it in then borrow it i think i think some of these like kindle publishers like the 99 cent kindle publishers like that mm-hmm. seems like crazy talk like how can you you know sort of make a living doing this but i think some of them I'm sure are doing few, pretty well. Yeah. Actually, Actually, a few of them can, but I would say the vast majority probably yeah. can't. No, no. Actually, um, I think it's a pretty popular thing among fan fiction writers to kind of like dip toes in both pools and mm. write for um, Amazon or um, Kindle as well. What uh, what, well, what yeah, kind of? I've, I've done that. I've done that before, and I made a total of five dollars and seventy two cents. Well, that's five dollars and seventy two cents we didn't have before. What, yeah. What kind of fan fiction do do you write? Um, well, oh dear. Well, um, sorry. I, I, I go one like, very personal dear, question, dear. Dear. No, It's completely for a question. I just go from fandom to fandom. Like, my first fandom was Final Fantasy VII. Uh-huh. Right now, I am really shipping my Konzo in Overwatch, so I'm just... I have no idea what you just said. Okay. <laughs> I'm um, shipping my what? You don't know what shipping is? You don't know what ship? Wait. Oh, gosh. You said you like Star Trek. 1990s. We let's, have some education Oh, my for goodness. You. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is 1990s. It was a long time ago. Okay, so yeah. shipping is basically relationshiping. Like, you want two characters to get together so bad, you call it shipping. It's a verb. <laughs> it's canon. You're just like, oh, my gosh. I just need these two. Like, Kurt yeah. and Spock oh just God. need to get it out and kiss. I completely agree. And that's you're shipping them. Then. All right. Is how it goes. So, so who are you shipping? Oh, um, it's from a fairly new video game, Overwatch. Um, cowboy, cowboy and ninja. Just cowboy and ninja. Yeah. Well, <laughs> fine. Jesse McCree, Hanzo Shimada. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just had to hear you again. You talk so, you said it so <laughs> oh, fast. I'm so sorry. No, no. Um, uh, and, and do you also write, or do you? Just I do. Read? Um, <laughs> I read a ton. I have written for the Sherlock fandom nice. before. Yeah. So. New Sherlock. New I Sherlock, assume. yeah, BBC Sherlock. But, and okay, so not uh, what's his name, Sherlock. Robert um, Downey Jr. Yeah. No, no. Okay. Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock. Oh, I like his Sherlock too, though. I thought that was an interesting take on the character. And, and who well. would you ship from the Sherlock universe? Who else? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, sure, like obviously. Sherlock and Watts. Wait, I'm, yeah. just, I'm deciding whether or not we can still be friends. <laughs> oh, who do you ship? No, I'm kidding. No, fine. Sherlock and Watts. They're like shipping wars online, like between different communities of shippers. Like, uh-huh. they're, like getting fights about who the best pairings are in oh, different wow. fandoms. I'm sure. <laughs> Disclaimer, that is co- we can completely do without. <laughs> we can all mostly ship in peace, mm-hmm. love each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to have wars about such things yeah. talking at you talking at you mcgenji shippers <laughs> we don't need to fight oh my gosh 
What's his uh, landlord's name? Uh, Mrs. Hudson. Mrs. Hudson. Hudson. Is that it? Yeah. I feel ashamed of myself. Yes. <laughs> Mrs. Hudson needs to hook up with uh, <laughs> Will Strange. <laughs> Everyone needs to hook up with everyone. In my opinion. All right. <laughs> this this sounds like a, a world we can all live by. <laughs> yes. Everyone needs to hook up with everyone else. Yeah. I can support that. Uh, I'm not so sure how I feel about that. But, uh, you know, the Short Code Podcast, by the way, has put together an all-star trivia team for this week's Bullwear Trivia Night. Ooh. And by all-star, I mean just a bunch of us. <laughs> You're all-stars. Right. <laughs> Uh, and by the time the show is available, we will have either one or not one. Uh, but it's worth noting that last year, last year, oh, we won. Mm-hmm. So I'm not Sup- gonna- superstition, Dave. Come on, I, I know, but but I'm just saying, I'm not going to give that up lately. So I think we should practice. Well, okay. I think last year we got third place with literally one fourth the number of people you guys did. Yeah, that's impressive. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so we're going to play a game. We're going to do a little trivia okay. game mm-hmm. that I would call Pimp and Pop. The pimp refers to the common practice of attendings asking med students to answer questions ostensibly to enhance learning. Mm-hmm. And the pop refers to balloons, which would be popped in the event of an incorrect answer, but which popped while I was blowing them up this morning and so are no longer available. <laughs> Thank God. Would you like to... Uh, so, so you're each going to take turns asking... Uh, the other two questions about medicine or med school or anything we've talked about on the show this year. <laughs> oh. um, a correct answer gets a point, and the person with the most points at the end wins a prize. Want to see what you're playing for today? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rachel, lift up that, uh, just lift up the thing. So we've got <gasps> a delicious. It's a very big cookie. A delicious cookie from the Java House. This is the salted caramel cookie. The Ooh. loser. Gets those two prepackaged hard-boiled eggs. Wait, Yum. this makes me want to lose, though. What? I love eggs. Those things are horrible. The prepackaged no. hard-boiled eggs? Yeah, and you chop them up, mix them with a bit of tartar sauce, a little bit of cane pepper, you know, oh. add a little sprinkle on the top. I've been doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, apparently. What the, yeah. what the hell have you been eating? I don't know. <laughs> she knows how to do it. That sounds like, awesome. I don't know. Do you just, like, open the package and swallow it? I don't know. Like, you like just make? You just eat them. Plug, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. It never occurred to me that I needed to, like, sauce them up to make I can see. I can see Dave trying that. <laughs> The snake egg swallowing. <laughs> yeah, so I'm missing you ripping it up and like, glug, 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 down the hatch. Awesome. So uh, let's start. Who wants to uh, ask the others a question? Oh, gosh. Trivia question. I can. Okay, go ahead. Wait, wait does it need to be medically related? No. Oh. I mean, that would be that would be all right, too. Okay. Oh. No spoilers. For... No, absolutely okay. not. Okay. I have a lot of that. Um, <laughs> the famous Korean, one of the famous Korean song, Arilang, is based on, um, is based on what geography? Is based on a geographic feature, Arirang blank. <laughs> what kind of geographical feature is Arirang? I'll even sing Arirang, Arirang, Arirang. So Korea has a lot of coast, so I'm going to say the beach. No? This no. is a, okay. Oh, this is a general geographic feature? Yeah. Oh, so it's not what like, ki- you know, what kind of feature is X it? mountain or something. No, Korea has what? like so much stuff. They have like mountains and like volcanoes and like. Yes. There are many things in Korea. And I agree. Does the it's a river. Is- it's a river. Um, both of you are wrong. It's a pass. A pass. Arirang Pass. Oh, okay. That's, that's kind of like a river, but it's dry. It is literally not. <laughs> wow. Okay. It is. It's, it's a dry river between two mountains. 
I, I was closer. Okay. Uh, listen, you're, I have to win. It's a problem. Me. I really said the good thing about asking the question is you get to judge whether or not the person who answered is oh, correct. I, I don't think so. I think we, I think we were both wrong. I think yeah. she she got that one right on the head there. All right. Yeah. Maybe I should give a point for. Uh, no, not for stumping because then you can ask a really obscure, really bad question. Yeah, that's and get true. Points for that. We All don't right. want that. Uh, let's. Uh, how about Rachel? Okay. What animal does cashmere come from? Beep. Beep. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, there's a cashmere goat. Yes, it is a goat, oh. which I was really surprised at. I, I thought I it was like an alpaca. Yeah. Oh. Very good. So, Irisa gets a point. Yay, but imitation cashmere can also come from either either some kinds of sheep, too, but that is considered not okay by legal standards. Oh, gosh, we're going to lose. <laughs> I did not I did not know that. I did not know there were legal standards for, for cashmere. Oh, like, yeah, like, like the mafia. Sure. That's like what the French mafia cheese did. and all that kind oh. of stuff. They have legal, uh, British, uh, German beer. There's legal mm, standards there. Did not know. Mm -hmm. cool. that's, that's old. Yeah. That's like from the 15 or 1400s, oh. yeah. maybe earlier. <laughs> Do you guys hear that they just like recently discovered a new like species of cheese? And not species, whatever species you call it. Species of cheese? <laughs> no, like they like buried some cheese in like this like really deep hole for like several years. And like it has like this like different bacteria that is growing in the bottom of this hole. And now they're calling it like this new type of cheese that they discovered. Dang, they should <laughs> investigate my dorm room. I mean, college. you They'll can discover lots there. Yeah. If you look over in the forest, you will see a new species of cheese. <laughs> Yeah, you can grow I mean if you grow a cheese if you make cheese anywhere I guess growing cheese is probably actually sure, the yeah, right term for it that's not bad. but because you're like culturing something mm -hmm. so there were people that spent a fortune on blank and they brought it back to America and then it ultimately failed because it turned into an American one yeah that's actually what happened is this, with your, is this your question oh, whoops, yes one. it's blank it's oh. a thing Okay, so ask the question again. I so people bought a famous, very fancy one of these from Italy and brought it to America to use it. Is this like? And then it turned into an American version. Is this like a, like a yeast cultivar? Like, um, do you make like they have like? No, I don't know. Yeast? No, not yeast. Okay. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just need you to make a decision on what your answer is. Oh, okay. I say yeast. I say cow. Cow. It's a yeast. It was. <gasps> yeah, it was, it yeah. was. So it was a mother. They brought a. They bought a. A very fancy. They they really loved this like sourdough bread in Italy, and they bought cool. a yeast from them, and they brought it to America. And this company, you know, the 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 people were like, oh, okay, I guess Is we can like part with it for ten grand. Yeah, I've heard of this story. For, for our for our for our mother. And then cool. they brought it to, I don't know, it was San Francisco or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, we've got, you know, Italian, true Italian sourdough. Mm -hmm. And it lasted for a few weeks before the local yeast, the oh, coming out of oh, the air, yes. like kicked its ass, basically. Yeah. And kicked its ass. <laughs> and it turned into everyone else's San Francisco sourdough. If that's not uh, the most American thing I've ever heard, I don't know why. Yeah, that's <laughs> We'll just, sorry, we'll but just that's destroy a, that other culture. Hilarious yeah. folly. John, it's your turn. Mm -hmm. No, you, he just asked. Oh, I'm he sorry. Just asked I, I know it's, it's your it's, turn. I just asked that long pass. Yeah, but you, we've oh, made wait, our way around. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Um, what was America's first private investigation agency? Often, often um, active in the Wild West, investigating train robberies. You know that kind of thing. I know. What? Like I'm not going to answer because I, I don't know. Say like oh. the 
host service. <laughs> okay. uh, no. That reminds me of no. that. I like, wasn't it the Kevin Costner movie, The Postman or something? Yes. You want a war, Postman? I'm like, gone Postal. Stupid movie. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm just going to say Wells Fargo. I'm going to I'm going to answer yeah. Pinkerton. Yeah! <laughs> do you watch uh do, do you watch the uh Netflix original uh, series um There's a Netflix uh, Yeah, it's like it's like set in it's like set Ripper Street it's called. There's mm. set, something set in the Wild West? No, it's rip it's oh set God. in England. Okay, then never mind. It's Sorry. set in London. No longer interested. In contemporary No. Does it have cowboys? It, it does. It, okay, yeah, I'm interested again. This is very interesting. It, it's set in um the immediate the time immediate after uh, Jack the Ripper disappeared. So where are the cowboys? Well, this is because one of the one of the characters in the show is a former Pinkerton who comes to uh, mm -hmm. come who's you know basically he's got a shady past. He's come into the area. Um, he's you know set himself up as a, he's a doctor. He set himself mm -hmm. up as a in as a sort of a forensic investigator. But yeah, there's a lot of like you know sort of it has a very western like cowboy feel to it even though it's set in you know london in the 1890s or whatever check it out i it, think you might like it It sounds great but are there actual cowboys i, th I think i'm gonna have to ask you to check it out because <laughs> i don't you know like i don't know like there's not like there, there's not like cowboys in the usual sense of the word i guess but there are sort of very it's got it's just got this cowboy great, interesting it's cowboy-esque <laughs> It's cowboy-esque, and it's legitimately so. It's not like, you know, oh, we're going to throw in some cowboys here. It feels legit. Check it out. Mm -hmm. Let me know what you think. Okay. Who's yes, next? Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. So, like... <laughs> I will do as you say. <laughs> it's like, there's a pretty grand tradition of having mythological creatures that, like, you can't find any evidence of, like Bigfoot or, like, unicorns or whatever. You mean cryptids? Maybe that's what I mean. Yes. I don't know. Um, what is Australia's version of this? Beep, beep. Beep, beep. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> oh, is, is it a bunyip? It is a bunyip. Yeah. <laughs> bunyip. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't even get to say anything. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, Wait, no, should, it's no, fine. Because you, you, you already, yeah, you already gave the oh, answer. Shoot, already. shoot. Twice. I did both times. Man, okay, I'm really I'm bad at this. It's okay. You just gotta beep faster. <laughs> I didn't know we were beeping. I didn't know either. I just did that. <laughs> sorry, academic, academic. You've, John, you've made it up. You should That's know that fine. these games that I come up with have. They have no rules. Very little. I, I, I'm losing though, <laughs> and I'm okay with yeah, that. What is the uh, bunyip? Um, so I don't actually remember what it's supposed to look like, but they it's, hang up by watering holes mm -hmm. and like snatch things away when they come to eat. Oh, it's right. like kind mm -hmm. of the tradition of them. Yeah, there's a legend that that's actually where black swans came from. That there was a hunt, Aboriginal hunter who took a mother bunyip's baby and wouldn't give it back. So in retaliation, she flooded the um, she flooded all of Australia, and the humans had to go up until they're at the very highest mountain, and the water just kept rising. And so they prayed, and they got turned into a bunch of black swans. I only knew about it because I read those dragon books that were set in like Napoleonic War oh. era. They go to Australia yeah. like during a certain part, but yeah, that's cool too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, John. Got a question? I have many questions. Oh. Ask us one. How do I pay off my loans? That's a, that's that's a toughie. That's not trivia. <laughs> not trivia. Yeah, don't go into medicine. <laughs> I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. I'm not gonna get there though. 
Hmm. I'm trying to make them medically related. Oh, go for it. Because that's what you said when you introduced the game. Yeah, I mean, so that's why I picked microbiology and. It could be that. Yes. Yeah, ask us a fun one. There's no fun medicine. Yeah, I know. That's why, like, because it's not trivia. There's, like, uh, there's so much just, like, obscure, stupid things <laughs> knowledge that I have. Medical personality trivia? What is medical personality like, trivia? Like someone, so, a person, maybe a famous person or a He's British, local, a local person, <laughs> uh, not so famous, but who's, who maybe, you know, like a professor or a lecturer or somebody like that. Guess what famous doctor I'm thinking of? No. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. In what a few is, years, maybe it'll be me. How about this? What is Darren Hoffman's secret talent? He can make pies, but that's really not a secret. That's it. That's not a secret at all. He literally no, offs that off every year. I've eaten one of his pies, and it was so... I've eaten two of his pies, and they were so delicious. Yeah. They're so good. Okay, so not a secret. I, I, got, I got the correct answer. It's origami. Really? Okay, I think I used to get that He's one. He's an origamiist. See, that. that is the secret. And really? yes, he does. Oh. You can't just be making that up, though. I, I am not. He, they gave away his origami stars that he made oh. from old Netter books oh. at the Science Thursday. Oh. That's if cool. you played Dr. Swales as <laughs> The Slice is Right. Oh, my pathology God. Pathology game. Oh. That's... I had I had okay. it was great you had to match the organ to the so he had plastinated organs sitting in little jars and mm. little Tupperwares and you had to match them to the slides Lovely. that he showed <laughs> on awesome. on the TV cool. um, I had Dr. Swales for my uh, uh, PCS group last semester and at the la on the last Patient meeting, centered learning for those of us who don't. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's don't what it's practicing now communicating skills. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, that something like that. Well, too many acronyms. Um, but on the very last day, he gave us like uh, like end of semester gift, and it was a can of baked beans and a chocolate orange because those are his favorite foods. He mentions it in lectures like all the time. It's like baked beans and, yeah. and, and Terry's chocolate orange. Terry's chocolate orange, yeah. So that's yeah. legit fair. Though. I still I still have the can of beans. So beans beans on toast. That's yeah. a thing. <gasps> all right, yes. John. Beans and toast with ketchup. Shall we shall we uh, shall we consider your question asked? What. Well, the, you just asked the question. Yeah, that yeah was just, I think that was I think win because that is a way more secret talent than <laughs> pie right, baking. I agree. Um, so okay, well, this is it's food related. Go I ahead. Guess. I love food. I guess you could name the shape and or food that a small town in Japan is famous for shape making and or food. Shape and or food. Uh, small town in Japan. There's... I'm trying to like go through all the shapes that I know. No, I'm trying to think. The a delicious the town is known for the, the, <laughs> yeah. They're they're very famous for this. Kagami. Oh. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Okay. Okay, That's so it's probably, other, no. it's probably the wrong answer. <laughs> I feel like this is something John. that you're gonna say is and be like, food? "How did I not think of that?" Uh -huh. But like, I have no idea what it is. Okay, so well, let's just start naming Japanese food. <laughs> but you gotta, that should Matcha. be no problem. <laughs> Ocha. Ojicha. Is this like a seaweed? No, it's like a it's like a, a food that you can get. Okay. Is we'll, the shape we'll call the same as the name? So 
Like I w- I'll just take this as that you all got it wrong. Okay. And the question. Wait, I haven't answer, gone through all the Japanese words I know yet. But but you only get one answer. That's my rules on the rules. Okay. That's fine. That's you fine. made up okay. ding. I made up. You made up beep. I made up. You only get to make one answer. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, they grow melons. Uh-huh. Oh, I, a square melon. And they grow them in a so cool. in a cube. So they grow these cube-shaped melons. And they're very popular as a, um, maybe like a New Year's gift. No, as a general corporate gift, actually. (laughs) General corporate gift. They're actually not in small towns or just in general. No, it's just a small town that grows them. No, there's plenty of companies. There's plenty of companies that make them. There's, there's one small village that, maybe it's like Bedelia onions where like only Bedelia, you can only have Bedelia onions for Bedelia, Georgia and all other onions, even if they're the same kind, aren't Bedelia onions. Oh, there's literally an auction for these guys, actually. There's a there's a documentary on it. It's very good. It's about okay. this, about this small town. That small town. You can look at you can Google it. It's on YouTube. There's a little there's a short documentary. They're also very very into uh, strawberries. Mm-hmm. And you can get like five hundred dollars strawberries um, as gifts for your lover. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are unrelated to the squ- to the cube melon <laughs> that this town melons. that this town grows is famous for growing. as as a as a very sort of high end luxury gift. I've seen right. oops, sorry. sorry. I've seen Disney grow them in Mickey Mouse shaped ears mm-hmm. like they have Those ears. Are so cute. <laughs> yeah, or oh my god, I love the I love the star ones. They're so cute. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Oh. I I have one if you if you okay. Um so I think I'll bring it to Iowa trivia. So yes, something ma'am. in Iowa. Which um, city is known as the pearl button capital of the world? Bye, goodbye. <laughs> They're pearl, famous. pearl buttons. Yes. So they harvested um, clams from a river in Iowa. Or a river. Um, oh, river clams. River oh, clams and would punch out the buttons. And they were, they, like, this was their huge industry. They had like almost 100 button companies in like the early 20th century. Um, like their claim to fame. That's a really button cool. company. Give us a hint. Can you give us a hint? Mm, okay. Um, if you look at Iowa and it, it's got the nose, right? It's like mm. right at the bottom of the nose. I'm going to guess Davenport because that's the only other Iowa city <laughs> I know. It's also near the river. so I didn't know that. Cool. I have oh, two answers in my head, but I got to pick one, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's either Davenport or Waterloo, definitely. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Those are literally the only two places in Iowa I know. Is it Burlington? It's not Burlington. Okay. You should get another guess, though. It's well, it's on the Mississippi. My my. So Keokuk? It's not Keokuk. Okay. okay. Well, that's that's what I had. I I was gonna say. Okay. I was another with, another I was hint down. is that Mark Twain called, said it had the most beautiful sunsets he'd ever seen. <laughs> is it Davenport? It's not Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Davenport? <laughs> what I meant was Dubuque. No. <laughs> no. Sorry. Could be my apartment window. That's got a lovely sunset in it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Mark Twain was uh, <laughs> yeah. what's going on about your yeah. apartment window. Mark Twain is a famous time traveler. Well, yeah. yeah. He's well yes. known. That's where he got his impeccable, impeach, unimpeachable style yes. from. Uh, well, I guess we don't know. He looks it like was a dweeb. Muscatine, Iowa. Oh. Pearl Button Company. I don't know that I would have gotten that. Isn't that a street downtown? It there is. is. Yeah. Yes, there is a street down. Yeah, it's a county and a city. All right, uh, we've got a few more minutes. Uh, oh. John, you want to take another oh, crack? Or no, Arisa, yeah. we skipped mm-hmm. over you. So yeah, since we're speaking of Mark Twain, what um, 
What was his real name? No. no. I got that. What animals he, did he say that if you combine with a human, if you combine with a human, mankind would be better, but the animal would be worse. Ooh, I feel oh, like God. I feel like as like like writers could go a lot of different directions with that. Ooh. He said if you combined it, if you combine a human and this animal, mankind would be better for it, but the animal itself would be worse. Worse off. Can you give us a hint? Naked mole rats. <laughs> naked mole rats is my is my answer. No, it looks like someone's genitalia fell off and just grew legs and started walking around. So naked guys. mole rats are run by like a queen mother. They're they're like mm-hmm. they have a society that's run. It's very weird. Look it up. Look it up. Yeah. It's, I think it's called. Is it called you social or something? Yeah, oh, yeah, they yeah, are the only you social mammals. Do you yeah. know where the largest naked mole rat colony in the U.S. is located? In your apartment. <laughs> Okay, if you knew me, that's actually a really fair guess, but no, Cornell College. Ah. Wow. No, Cornell University, or whatever it's called. The well, one, the one in school. Iowa or the one in, in New York City? It's in New York, in New York not New York okay. City. The one in, in, is, is in Ithaca? Ithaca. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. I didn't even know that. We're going to call this the college. trivia game that leads to, where every question leads to other trivia questions <laughs> yeah. that we could have asked, but didn't. Sorry, so we're not very educational. No, no, yeah. that's the point of the trivia here, yeah, yeah. is that we, we get to share our trivia. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, do, did awesome, we get though, it? The only use social memo. But what's your what's your answer? Oh gosh. Um, who? Who? Uh, I'm gonna say dogs. The like, answer is Snowbell, my cat. Oh. No, it's, um, cats and cats in general, not my cat uh, in particular. Okay. You and that Mark seems Twitter. reasonable. <laughs> that seems like a reasonable <laughs> thing. Humans would not be better off. Yeah, we'd be like licking our buttholes and stuff like that. No, I don't know that we have the flexibility for it, but I guess if don't? we combined them. You don't? Then... No, the humans will be better off, but cats will be worse off. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having cat ears or like cat balance. Okay. You can. Change no. the game. Everyone pick your favorite animal thing that I think you, I already want, you would this. have. The gecko. I want the you gecko want hands. The, the animal characteristic that you would Yeah, have. like a thing from the animal kingdom that you want. <laughs> I want so for example, I want mantis shrimp eye chromophores, oh, right? Yeah. So I want to be able to see all the way from the infrared spectrum to the ultraviolet spectrum. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And more colors in between. I feel like cool. you wouldn't actually notice a difference though. Like I feel if like If you could see infrared light, I think you'd notice a difference. <laughs> yeah, you could find out who has like the warmest seen <gasps> okay, electron. That's true. That's your, your conscious experience might be different. Yeah. Who, who has the warmest seed in the life? Yeah, you can tell, you, you can tell everyone who farted, like everyone who's like, "Ooh, look at those armpits." Maybe people would nuts. actually wear sunscreen because they're like, "Wow, that's that's like cooking outside." Uh, God, what would my? I just, it would be something that would enable me to fly, like wings, you know, like. <laughs> Because that would be awesome, That'd but that's really that's cool. the that's I feel like that's a lame answer compared to no, no, no I think that's a fair one. answer because flight is is good. Yeah, that I would, would be awesome. Fly. I have to get up like five minutes later. That would be worth it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the first thing that came to mind for me was like I want to be a bumblebee bass so I can digest things in twenty minutes. Mm, that sounds messy. <laughs> you want to be a, a bumblebee bat? <laughs> or like, I want its ability to digest things really fast and then it Las Vegas buffets. That would be such a fantastic superpower. <laughs> hey guys, I've already digested my food. <laughs> nope. Yeah. You're, by the time by the time the next course comes, I'm already done with the first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He was like, eat poop, eat the, poop. So eat the poop. correct answer was no. no. <laughs> that was my trivia question. <laughs> Rachel. Mm. Uh, oh, for superpower? Yeah. I'd go with the gecko hands. Again. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. 
like that's just awesome. I think yours is pro- probably the best. Yeah, yours though. Is I do. I I do. I am. I was judging, so you did get the point. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, cool. That was. I mean, I you had realize. to share some animal <laughs> trivia. I guess that you knew it was an inverted <laughs> trivia question. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well. Uh, I guess I need to call the end of this game because we're like going on an hour now <laughs> and we've completely we just, changed we just, the game. We just know too many I things. Even, I don't even know what the game <laughs> is anymore. <laughs> but I, I, I do. You lost the game. I do declare. Lost the game. I do declare Irisa and Rachel are the co-winners. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Irisa, you have to eat a cookie and not uh, too... Pre, but you guys could split the cookies, the cookie and the eggs. Oh, yeah, that's John. not really worth it because then you can only make one tiny egg sound that is not worth cleaning up for. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So, uh, listen, thank you, listeners, for uh, checking us out this week. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us in any way, go to theshortcoat.com/slash tell us. The uh, show is made possible by this weird world we live in and a generous donation by the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine Student Government and the Writing Humanities Program. Our executive producer is Jason Lewis. Our editor is Aline Sanduk. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox. Our closing music is by AgriFox. Talk to you in one week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like he said. <laughs> <laughs>